I'm John Beathan, the co-host and producer for the Alternative Health Tools podcast, and this is episode 55, titled Episcopal Healing Energy Experiences, subtitled Get Over It, It's Only Cotton Candy, with Joanna White and Tara Tylecki, who, if you remember, was on episode 43, which was titled Healing from Around the World, Brought Right to You. Joanna was one of Tara's first clients. Tara and Joanna met after Tara returned from spending about 16 years traveling all over the globe, getting trained and studying with shamans from indigenous cultures. Tara started working on Joanna, and they have remained close friends and associates for the last many years, deepening their shared unified perspective of helping people with their physical and spiritual well-being. Joanna is an Episcopal priest, and today we explore the boundaryless existence, relationship, collaboration, and love of two healers coming from different paths. And, and it is just being with somebody. It's um, what uh, Kursad, a and I, I'm going to say he was a 16th century writer, he, he called it the sacrament of sacred presence. And all you have to do is just to be with somebody. And it has a wonderful old Christian tradition with Mary Magdalene. I mean, yeah. he, it, those icons that you've seen of Mary standing next to the cross, she couldn't do anything about that terrible situation that took her best friend. All she could do was stand there and witness. And that is so against received American wisdom we can't stand it. We feel like we have to do something. So welcome back to Alternative Health Tools. And uh, this is sort of a special... Special program because um, we actually had Tara Tylicki on episode 43 titled Natural Healing from Around the World Brought Right to You. And it was absolutely wonderful. I've been trying to get Tara into the studio for a long time and I actually had to go to her, <laughs> which was a wonderful experience in her. What would you call that? My healing space. Yeah. Or our healing space. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was amazing. But what happened is we had conversations about you, Joanna. Mm-hmm. And she thought it would be a lot of fun to have you on the show and just talk about some of your experiences and tell stories. Okay. Well, let's start from the very beginning. Well, that's I was in an alternative health store one day, and I was checking out, you know, the usual candles, crystals, la, la, la. And the clerk said to me, you really need to meet our new practitioner She's a shamanic practitioner, and she's going on and on and on. And this baby walks into the room. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. And where was this? Where was this? This was in Annapolis, Maryland. And this kid walks into the room. And I said, her? She said, yeah. So Tara, for some reason came right over to me. I don't know what there was, but she came over to me. We started talking, and I did set up an appointment. Of course, I walked out of there saying to myself, what did I just do? (laughs) (laughs) And why did I do that? (laughs) But in a few days, I was back, 
And as I walked into the room, Tara looked at me in the strangest way, and she said, you have hospital fuzz all over you. <laughs> really? Immediately, you know, you check Energy, your arms. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even know what you did either. I mean, I when I first met you, I didn't even know this until you shared this right now. When I saw you, I just felt a connection, and I knew you were there to connect with me. Mm. And uh, I, I didn't know this until you mentioned that. And so I remember, though, because you have your collar on, I remember that. And I remember mm. when I started to talk with you and connect with you, I didn't know if that was going to be like a barrier in our way, but it was just an opening of possibility of spiritual connection yes. and sharing and you know, having such a profound, deep healing together and experience. I, I just am so grateful to you. It, it was a start of a wonderful uh, connection throughout all these years. And when, that was how, a long time ago. When was that, actually? What do you think? Was that 2008, seven? No? Oh, I think it was before that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you were just starting mm-hmm. at that particular place. And when it I, I think it was maybe my second or third appointment. I kept coming back, you know. <laughs> it was my second or third appointment with you. I did say that I had pain in the left lower quadrant. And so you said, well, let, let me see. And you had a pendulum and so on, and then you were working, doing whatever you do. And all of a sudden, I got so hot. And you were feeling this heat. And the look on your face, I'm looking to you for reassurance. And the look on your face had nothing in the way of reassurance. It was, oh. It was amazing, yeah. I was a few feet above your body, didn't even touch it. I was extracting energy, pulling energy out because of the work that you do. You're around so many people and, you know, helping you to just clear it. I think it was the first session, actually, because I remember... I I remember, and you were hot. Like my hand was a couple feet above your body, and I could feel the heat, and you were feeling the heat. It was an amazing experience that that occurred. So that was that was one of those experiences that stayed with me too. It was so powerful. Oh, it was. Uh, Oh, it absolutely was, and it was the first of many. Hmm. Really, it really has been such an extraordinary journey, and it just keeps getting better. And, you know, beforehand, I don't even know, I just go in to connect with you with whatever it's supposed to be, right, with everything that I've got, and I know you're there. And I was thinking about that recently. I said, I wonder why we have so many amazing experiences together. And I don't know if it's because we're both in that really spiritual space, and we're both very open, and we love to learn, and we're just there experiencing, because neither of us are you know, attempting to create anything. We don't have any preconceived idea. We're just being present. You come in and we just see what's going on and then it just flourishes. It develops and it's amazing. So Yeah, there was, there was I, I do have an answer to that, but there was another instance where you came into the room where I was waiting to see you and tears were just flowing down your face. Yeah. And... I had to explain to you that I was very sick. I I actually think I cried on you. You did. (laughs) That was at that uh, Aveda salon and spa where I was offering the wellness services. And the other place was Natural Healing, yeah, Wellness Center. And then we were at that Aveda salon spa. 
because I just care so deeply and I just, I literally, I, uh, yeah, I hugged you and I cried on you and I said, we're going to do, you know, I was going to give it my all. We were going to try to do, yeah. not try, but we did the destiny retrieval. You remember that when they yes. talk about pulling a new reality? And um, as we went into that process, if, if you remember, I journeyed to the upper world um, to open up to those other possibilities and I came down three times. So I went in a deep meditation and did some journey work. And I remember I was offering you these other uh, futures instead of the one yes. that you were presented. And on that third time, I remember when I was journeying for you, I saw this image of a tree. Do you remember that? And you yes. said, it's in my office. I have that in my office, that same exact mm -hmm. image. And we brought that down and I asked you, did this feel right? Because I think the first time you said you felt, if it's okay to say this, you felt sure. like physical healing. And then the next time you felt more of like a spiritual healing. And then the third time you felt like all of it was there. And then I remember when you left, I was really concerned for you. And I said, you know, let me know if you're, if you have to go in the hospital or anything, I'll be there for you. And then I think a week went by and I was going, I was going out of my mind crazy. I was going, oh my gosh, is she okay? Cause I hadn't heard from you. Mm -hmm. And I think you said, what was it? Three days later, they called, like the doctors called and said there was something they could do. Yes. When they couldn't do anything exactly. before. Yeah. They couldn't do anything. And then there was something that could be done, which they did, which I, I was, uh, you know, my heart was starting to fail. And I, it was from an infection, apparently, because I was so tired. I was a caretaker, a hands-on caretaker in those days. And it was very, very difficult for me. I hadn't slept in five years. <laughs> That'll do it for you. But you did give me another alternative reality of there would be other things in my life. And you did tell me that these are possibilities for you. And recently I called you to tell you, yeah, they, it came to pass. Which is great. Yes, yes it, it really came to pass. But I, I have had some of the same experience with other people of seeing someone and knowing I needed to approach them. You know, fortunately, <laughs> I'm in a profession that allows for that sort of thing. You know, I'm just not somebody on the street that it allows for that. But I did feel that with you. And, and I feel it with some other people as well. But there's only been maybe three times in my life that it's been that strong. Yeah. Well, thank you it's for quite remarkable. Yeah. So, what what is your profession? And do I call you Reverend Joanna? No. Why? Um. It's it, it only if you're addressing an envelope or a check. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. But it, it I I'm an Episcopal priest, and I usually I just go by my first name. Oh, nice. And you were a nurse before too. I was a I, I was a nurse. I was. Uh, I worked in psychiatry, addiction, and forensic. Mm. And because you were on a trauma team before, and yeah, in a I was a chaplain. With, yeah, was a chaplain. Great. Yeah. In the criminal justice, I know you've mentioned yes. that. Yeah, and I remember even when you were up for bishop, right? Is that correct? Uh, I was uh, nominated by someone. Yeah, and I decided I would rather not ever do that in my entire life. That's still an amazing honor, and you are Absolutely. an amazing person. 
And um, you just love, I, I remember always talking with you in the sessions and how much you love like the parishioners and the connection oh. and how much you can bring them and all the people. And you have such a beautiful heart. You're always giving and um, supporting and and thinking and processing. And I remember we'd even have conversations where you would be thinking about um, some of the old ways and then matching that with kind of the connection into your tradition and then pulling out that wisdom, that, that gem uh, to help share for other people to be able to heal from, grow from, you know, to be inspired from. Can you talk about that? Well, I, th- I think that Tara and I have had the same philosophy. She partners with people in improving their health. I feel as though I partner with people in their spiritual health. Mm. Well, physical health, too, because I'm a nag when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> but um, I I see myself as a partner, not not someone who is over someone else, uh, b- but partnering mm-hmm. in this sort of thing. And as far as the traditions are concerned, it's really been a very good learning experience for me. And I realized one day after I was thinking about a session that we'd had that if some evangelist on television, and, you know, they can be just a tad narrow, um, some evangelist on television laid their hands on somebody and they were cured, everyone with it, well, that's, that's perfectly fine. You know, that's within the Christian tradition. When Tara does that in partnership with spirit and with the other person. Uh, Some people would think, oh, my God, that's like witchcraft or something like that. Well, you know, that's the same thing. (laughs) There's a spirit (laughs) that's guiding all of this. Mm -hmm. And we would be ridiculous to say that her way of doing something is less than somebody else's. Mm. It's Re- regardless not. of the position they hold in life. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. You know, Jesus scared the <laughs> scared people always by doing things that were different. Mm-hmm. And oh. yeah, and for me though, I just feel like I'm there for the person. Like I'm not even these thoughts are not going through my head. I'm just, you know these experiences show up. So I so appreciate you saying that. So I really do appreciate that because I forget about the other side and the people that are looking at me because I just come from, I try to be in the most genuine, loving, open space. I really want to help people and uh, trained for it too. And so I I so appreciate you. Um, I know it's even fun when we walked, remember when we were walking down in Annapolis just yes. talking oh, and all of that. Yes. And you can you can feel that that connection, but it's interesting. I felt people uh watching, watching us as we were walking together and having such a great time. And I'm kind of curious, this is just occurring to me right now. Do you feel like because of what you do that there is a different perception given to you in the world um that's like layered on top of your amazing energy and essence like that you have to uh, dance with when you're working with people, or is it kind of more of an automatic acceptance um, because of what you've chosen to do in your life? Uh, if I understand you correctly, you're asking whether or not 
I'm recognized as someone who does that. Uh, and, and to be perfectly honest, wearing a collar is a ticket into a lot of those things. But as a very dear friend of mine uh, observed recently, he said, you did not become a priest because you were just in love with the idea of doing that. You became a priest because that was your road to doing those things you felt called to do. And that is to work with people. And it seemed like a very natural progression from the type of healing work I did before. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, you always have such a, a focus whenever I'm interacting with you about helping and healing. Always. You know, just in our interactions. And um, I don't know why I'm thinking about this right now. I don't know if we could even go into that a little bit. Do you remember when I moved to um, San Diego and yes. we were doing like phone session work? We'll do mm-hmm. coaching and kind mm-hmm. of helping the energy. Basically, maybe we should talk about that a little bit because it's it's like prayer, right? So people don't always mm-hmm. believe in that, but yet they believe in prayer or that thought or intention. Yes. And um, maybe you could talk a little bit more about that because that would be a wonderful thing to open up in people's minds and hearts and lives, the fact that so much can be received from a distance and how important it is to stay focused on the positive and loving energy that's coursing through you to another individual, wherever they are. Uh, I've always thought of prayer as energy. And I think it was Carolyn Mays, the, the writer who called it email energy mail. This is what prayer is. And you really don't need um, any sort of conveyance that gets to where it needs to be at, at the right time, absolutely. And there have been studies, believe it or not, that prayer, at immediate prayer with somebody or at a distance or not even know who you're praying for. Uh, they've had these double-blind studies that, yes, it does work. You you send this intention. And there's no such thing as, I don't know how to pray. If I was thinking about John right now and thinking good thoughts about him and what a great Hawaiian shirt he's wearing, um, that would probably be as good a prayer as anything else. When you think loving thoughts about somebody, you don't need to pick up a prayer book. No, and I did feel that. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> You're powerful. That's right. No, I, I can feel that for yes. sure. No, absolutely. I'm just being playful. And it really is about that intention. It really is. Yes. And it, so that brings up the whole... Um, point I know that you're doing with people and I like to share with people as well about clearing up the past because any thoughts that you have towards an event that's occurred to you in the past or anything you're not resolved with, you're actually Mm -hmm. constantly sending the energy to that, which, um, you know, they say it actually, even anger as an example is burning you, not the other person, anything that you're holding. Yeah. And so how do you work with people when you're helping support them when they've lost someone or going through something, when you're basically just helping them to bring the energy back into that loving space, right? Into that loving force? Well, there, there are two things that come to mind offhand. 
Um, when I'm working with somebody who has been dealing with anger and resentment, I usually start with a quote by Anne Lamott, who's just a wonderful spiritual writer. And Anne Lamott said, resentment is like drinking rat poison and expecting the rat to die. (laughs) It does not happen. It makes you sick. That's and that's so, a great that's a great way to look at it. I, isn't that a I, great I, line? And yeah. I won't be forgetting it anytime soon. <laughs> that is a really and she's a good writer. You would like her. But the other thing is when someone has suffered a great loss, uh, Benet Brown, who is a marvelous uh, writer, psychologist, um, she does this marvelous thing on a little cartoon that's gone through Facebook a number of times. And she said in one of those things, the least helpful thing you can do to somebody is say, at least, (laughs) you know, at least it wasn't worse, or at least you still have another child, at least blah, blah, blah. Um, That's never helpful. The most helpful thing you can do is to say, I, I really don't even know what to say right now. I'm just glad you told me. Hmm. Beautiful. She's the, she, she's, the, she, she's the author of I Am Enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Very, very good. And, and it is just being with somebody. It's um, what uh, Kassad, a and I, I'm going to say he was a 16th century writer, he, he called it the sacrament of sacred presence. And all you have to do is just to be with somebody. I love that. And it has a wonderful old Christian tradition with Mary Magdalene. I mean, yeah. he, it, those icons that you've seen of Mary standing next to the cross, she couldn't do anything about that terrible situation that took her best friend. All she could do was stand there. And witness. And and witness. And that is so against received American wisdom. We can't stand it. We feel like we have to do something. I actually had um, some healing work myself um, about the whole needing to help thing. I have a friend who's going through training, and I was helping him with his final um, videos. And so he was asking me, you know, we had to work on something. So what do you want to work on? And, um, you know, I had a family member going through something and I just reached the point where, uh, when I was hearing about someone else's trauma, anybody else, someone could just be talking to someone else. I, my heart was just overwhelmed. It felt devastated and overwhelmed because I want to help. I want to help. And when I can't help, it would stagnate my energy. And so uh, we did this process that I do uh, as well in in sessions, and it became such a powerful shift for me because it was uh, chaining anchors. And we went from uh, having hearing the trauma of someone else, whatever they were experiencing, and taking me through where my brain would become tranquil. So I would hear about this, and I would become totally tranquil. And I believe in this work because it really does work. And I had someone that flew across um, from D.C. And she was here and I got to work on her. I just adore her. She gets uh, phone sessions every month. And I was telling her about this and she had something else going on where um, she doesn't like, it's kind of interesting, you can do it with anything, but she doesn't like the cold. She has trouble with the cold. And then I assessed with talking with her, well, what about 
um, you know, giving me some different examples. And I found that if she went skiing, if she was bundled up, the cold mm-hmm. didn't bother her. Mm-hmm. And if she was, you know, kind of basically feeling good. So if you're warm, the cold doesn't affect you. And she goes, yep, that's safe to say. So we chained it from cold to warm feelings. And it was really amazing that she could even notice the difference. And it's communicating with with the soul. It's communicating with the mind. It's communicating with the body all at the same time where we have some kind of program that happened. And then like me wanting to help was my strategy. If I hear something that someone has going on, I want to help. And if I can't, you know, then I would be stuck. So then becoming tranquil, which I was looking for an active, peaceful space, an active place of letting go or letting be, as they say. So that's really amazing to just be able to have you here sharing that as I went through this uh, during the summer here and just finding, you know, finding that peace for the healers out there like you, Um, whether they're into spirituality or not, even just healthcare, even the person at home that's helping, right? To be able to be at peace now and to go maybe even into that thought or prayer, like you were talking about, just loving thought, loving energy, and know that that's enough. That's actually where we all need to go anyway, is just to be in that compassionate, loving space. One of the things that you've done for me um, is to help me through what will be the last years of my husband's life. Uh, John, uh, Mm -hmm. my husband has very advanced Alzheimer's. He is in the final stages. And there is such a frustration with that, that you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And it was one thing when I was his full-time caretaker, but quite another now when I'm just visiting him daily in the home where he is. Mm -hmm. But just to see him so diminished, a person who was so brilliant and so vibrant, Uh, I have had great problems with that, and it's caused, I think, some illness and anger and depression on my part. And uh, Tara has really helped me with just understanding his journey and and my journey and being able to sit with this. And it's really helping. I I have been practicing it the last couple of days, I want you to know. It's wonderful to hear. Thank you. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. And I know as as a caretaker, it takes a tremendous amount of energy. So so you were able to step away from that as what, as it advanced? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very much. Yeah, good. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. And And, and also still enjoying life, right? Yes. I've started doing that again. And and thank you for that. I I really have stepped out to do things. Like so many other caretakers, I had that awful feeling that if I was having a good time, there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Well, now I realize that when I am getting out socially, and I am doing things and relaxing and so on, I have more to bring to him. And he who knows if he can understand what I'm saying? I, I don't know that. But I know that the energy I bring to him is different than what I had available prior to this. Right. Before your cup was empty and now your cup is fuller? Yes. Sort of like that. 
letting the yeah. energy flow. Yeah, I, I have I have some questions too. I'm just really curious because I'm feeling a really great connection with you as well. And there was a period in my life from 1978 to 1985 where I worked at a. I actually donated all of my time and energy and everything at a place called the Lewis Foundation, which is dedicated to the service of man. And we mm-hmm. ran a country in and we did workshops, studied metaphysics, all of mm-hmm. the religions and everything else. But one of our fundamentals was it was a three, three-part program, which is meditate, study, apply, repeat. <laughs> day after yeah. day after day for seven years, you know. And one of the things that was just like I just absolutely loved was we ran a restaurant and we consciously – blessed the food Mm. before it left the kitchen. Wow. And I figured out early on, it's not like you rush and make the food and stop and bless it, but you do it as you go. And then bringing this food out to the dining room, I mean, sometimes the plate looked like crap, you know, because it was thrown together, but people got something from it. Yes. And just, it was just the act of a conscious just blessing. And the blessing really is just connection. Tara would probably have to, you both probably would, we could talk for hours about that, shall we? What you're you're describing, John, sounds like a monastery. And in many of the monasteries, as you know, they will make bread or they'll make wine or jams or something like that to sell. And I can remember uh, up near the Genesee River in New York, they had this wonderful Trappist monastery, and they made bread. Mm. And somehow or another, the bread that came out of that kitchen was so good that I couldn't get enough of it. And I'm not a big bread fan, but that was, they were blessing it. Yeah. yeah. Never occurred to me until you just said that, but yes. Yeah, that was it. And then years later, I... I had a new friendship in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I lived with uh, somebody that owned an Italian restaurant. And I and I just absolutely loved the food. And then as we got to know each other and he invited me in the kitchen, I saw what was going on, which was he was blessing the food. And he taught everybody in the kitchen to do the same. And most of the kitchen workers were actually Catholic and from Mexico. So they, uh, all, they all got it, you know. Of course. Part of it's being in the flow, right? Feeling connected and grateful and just flowing, like intuitively cooking as well. Just when the energy's alive, it's amazing how it all comes together and you can feel what needs to go in and what spice and, you know, and then it comes out just amazing. It's, it's, a wonderful thing. When words can't describe, amazing <laughs> will do. I, very good. I'm doing better on that in this one, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> very love good. It. So I, anyway, I want to thank you for that little interaction because I've never really been able to talk about it to many people. So it was nice. Uh, yeah. And it, I, it's part of something that I've read and I, I really want to understand more and you probably would be able to help on this that there is a movement I understand called the Monastery in the City. Oh, don't know about it. And it is where churches or some institution of a spiritual nature opens up and allows people to come in just to be quiet or develop 
or to be together in community as something I need to know more about. But that whole idea of blessing, just to invite people into a church and just bless what's going on yeah. out there. Exactly, bringing it back to that loving energy again. Yeah. Yes. I'll find out about it and share it with you as I know more. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. You know what, I'd love to, I don't know if you'd be open to sharing this. One of my, um, just kind of coming back into thinking about the connections that we've had before, one of my favorite experiences as well, we've already named two of them, uh, like at our first meeting and then the Destiny Retrieval. And my third favorite uh, was when we did the phone session. Do you remember when we were when you had me kind of going to look to clear the energy? Is that something that yes. we could talk about? Is that okay? Yes, yes. Oh, sure. Go ahead. And um, it was really surprising because I was in California and you were back there in Maryland. And I dropped again into a deep state of meditation like I'm trained to do. And um, I was going over because you had a different building that you wanted me to kind of yes. check out energetically. And um, as I was coming in, though, I went to where you had the altar, right in the yes in the main place, and I found I felt that there was a spirit or a ghost to the left side of the altar. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. Is that yes. okay to talk about? Oh, sure. Go right ahead. And and I remember you going, "That's real," and I'm like, "Well, I wasn't ever told about it," and you're like, "That's real." <laughs> <laughs> And, and I said, well, can I do something about it? And you said, sure, because you said that people would feel some kind of presence sitting next to them, and it was yes. on the left side of the altar, right? Yes, yes. And, uh-huh. and uh, so that blew me away because, I, I mean, I knew you so well, and this was just such a cool experience for me because, you know, I had no awareness of that. And so I did what we did in the training, which was clear the energy um, away. And then some of your parishioners have come in for work. Thank you so much. And, and I asked them. Have you experienced anything since then? It was like years after that had occurred, and they had said that they hadn't felt anything. Is it still clear? Does it still? Well, that was a different building than um, the one I've most recently been in. But that other building, as far as I know, it is. But there had been somebody who came in to choir practice. (laughs) And they could hear this sound, and it was very strange. And then one of the parishioners came out into the parking lot one day looking very pale, and he said, oh, my God, there's a ghost (laughs) in there. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't heard anything recently. I'll be sure and ask him. That's good. I would love to hear uh, back about that. But knowing with everything that goes on, a lot of energy flows through those places. I mean, that's part of what you do mm-hmm. is to make sure it oh, stays yeah. clear. And, you know, when you go in the hospitals as well, you're dealing with a lot of, you're basically moving energy and resolving it back into love mm-hmm. and connection and just helping everybody to resolve whatever's going on that needs to. And so I just, that was one of my favorite experiences, though, because I just, mm-hmm. I loved that too. So you have some of my favorite experiences that I've had. And I just thank you so much for that, for knowing you and for being in my life. And I'm just beyond grateful. So thank you. And Tara, it's been a wonderful partnership. Absolutely. Yeah. Delightful. Such a blessing. Are you guys winding this up? I I don't know. (laughs) Well, but I, if I, if we don't, I do have another one I want to remind Tara of. Okay. Yes. And 
it was one where all of a sudden you looked at me and said, cotton candy. What does cotton candy? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I hate cotton candy. I think it is the worst stuff on the face of the earth. But (laughs) what you said that this image of cotton candy and the message that came with it was, it's only cotton candy. And you were shaking your head. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> At Do you, time. Well, what, what you knew, that, though. Yeah. Yeah, I instantly, instantly, I knew what this was. When I was 10 years old, I became just suddenly and viciously sick. And they, I, I, the last thing I'd had to eat was cotton candy. And the health department came in to where I got it and they tested everything and so on. And they said that everything is fine. Well, it turns out it wasn't the cotton candy at all. I was just coming down with polio. And so that was the red herring. Wow. And at the time you said that I was dealing with another situation where that's something seemed like it was the problem. It wasn't the problem at all. It was something deeper. And that that I was able to snap right into that. Oh, it's only cotton candy. I love it. Which is a fabulous title for this episode. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I just had a feeling. (laughs) Um, So, Joanne, I have a question for you. Sure. And uh, I would like very much if uh, Tara would also consider it. But at the same, when I ask the question, but I'm directing it to you, Joanna, but and you can hold the space for this, which is, can you name one defining moment in your life where everything changed? Yes. Yes, I can. Can you share it? I I can. Um, I was on a retreat uh, in the Episcopal Church called Curcio. I was 40 years old. I went kicking and screaming. I did not want to go. And I was at a time when I was angry and life was not great. And I remember thinking, well, it's snowing outside. I can't do anything. I don't have anything to play with here, you know, no television, no nothing. So I sat down inside the chapel, which was a beautiful chapel on the Hudson River, and I just sat there on a pillow on the floor and just, where, what am I going to do next? Where can I go? I can't get out of this anger that I'm in. And all of a sudden, it was as clear as a bell, this voice came to me and said, you know, uh, look, you got a problem, go talk to Moses. He was stuck for 40 years. Awesome. And it just snapped my head. I remember snapping up like, oh, <laughs> I'm not going to get a lot of sympathy here. <laughs> so what, what changed then? What changed was, you know, Look, lady, everybody has problems, um, and sometimes our life isn't so great. But, you know, there's a pattern here. You might feel like you're lost, 
but maybe you're just wandering around trying to get it together. And it was a few months after that that I really started to talk about being a priest. And a friend of mine said, you don't even like church. What? (laughs) 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 What are you thinking here? Uh, But that was the path that I was supposed to be on. Yeah. And how long has that been now? Oh, yeah. Wow, that is well over 30 years now. Yeah. And you've had such love doing what you do. I love it. I really do. That's I absolutely beautiful. love That's it. That's obvious, Very too. Fortunate. Yeah. yeah. No. How about you? Still Did I ever ask it. you that question? Um, I'm, I, we talked about something last time. I'm not sure if it was that. I mean, meeting you was actually definitely a defining moment for me. Um, when right. we first interacted, I felt um, such acceptance and such curiosity and such a loving warmth. And it was at the beginning of being in Natural Healing Wellness Center. And so I was still kind of, you know, I was called in there because, and they just kept me booked. I would just be so booked. It was, it was, I was booked like three months in advance and I was just, people were just pouring in, pouring in. And, you know, and I still am just finding myself with that, knowing the work and doing the work. And I know something about that though has always stayed with me when I saw you, when I met you, when I connected with you, it was definitely a very powerful uh, defining moment for me, and oh. and I, I, it really has held so strong in my in my energy in my heart, and um, I really thank you for that. And you know that heart energy. I was thinking about this the other day. How important it really <coughs> is because the heart, you know, is pumping and circulating the blood throughout the whole body. If we don't have the heart in something. Like in a relationship, if the heart's not on board, where is where is the circulation? Where's the energy? Where's the flow coming from in that relationship? And so having that heart connection that you feel before you ever knew, I just just could feel it right away from you, you know. And I and I so appreciate that. So that's that's definitely there. And then funny enough, as you were talking about your story there, the uh, so I had two things happen simultaneously as I thought about my connection with you, Joanna, and then I also thought about when I was in South Africa studying with one of the two last Zulu shaman, and uh, someone opened sacred space for the first time, and I could just feel, just I could just feel this calling and train with that psychologist and medical anthropologist. I just jumped there when I know something's right. I just jumped there, and it was kind of funny because when I met. Uh, the Zulu shaman, and I told him what had gone on for me in some of my journey. He said, he said, get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, same thing. He's like, get over it. I'm like, really? After this whole, and I count 18 hours on a plane, and I come over here, and you tell me to get over it? <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that about what had happened to you, I thought that was hilarious that this story had already played, you know, my connection back to my memory at the same time as you were talking about that, so... That was fun. So now we have a title, It's Only Cotton Candy, and a subtitle, Get Over It. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) Yeah, well, great. Anything else you guys want to cover? Um, I think, I mean, this was amazing. Yeah. I'm really hoping, Joanna, that this is the first of many. In fact, I want to work out the details of you installing the Chrome browser on your your computer, on your Macintosh, so we can actually do some video conferencing that is open to the public in the world. Would you be up for that? 
Well, sure. I mean, I did tell you, John, I'm one of the great computer minds of the 18th century. So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, yes I know. I just, I'll just have to go back and study that technology. I think I can. I think I can find a tin can, a couple tin cans, and some string if that works for you. <laughs> yeah, but I have I have granddaughters who are pretty good at this sort of thing. Great, and they're nearby. Yes. Done. We'll get it done for sure. Yes. That's good. All right. So I want to remind everybody, you can actually trip by alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast, and um, just do a search for Joanna if you want to. But the episode, we I'm not sure what we're really going to call it. But yeah. the show notes will be there and will include everything we've talked about, a little research required. That'll be a lot of fun. And then you can always subscribe to this on your iPhone or Android device. And we also have an app. So people can listen to it also from iHeartRadio, which is interesting because we just took a big jump in terms of listenership when we got on iHeart, which makes it really easy for people to get it and just do a search for alternative health tools. You know, it's funny as you're talking here, I don't know why it's coming up in my awareness, but um, if it's okay, just real yeah, quick. Please. You know, I just want to mention how special this is again, and it almost feels normal. Though I had a doctor come in recently, and he said to me, you know, you're really unique. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that unique. And he goes, that would, like, that would be like me saying that there are so many doctors in the world because I'm around all these doctors, you know? <laughs> so I'm really grateful that you're one of the doctors that I'm around, you know, that I have this, uh, you know, connection with someone that is so extraordinary, and yet, you know, it just feels so... Um, natural. I don't know. It just feels so. I don't even there, know. The there's word a for lot it. of yeah. me. Yeah. There's a lot of me out there. Yes. And it's not extraordinary at all. We're just very privileged people. Mm-hmm. We are darn lucky to be able to do what we love to do, all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I so appreciate you. Love you guys. Love you too. <laughs> 